before the human race harnessed the power of fire, there was only darkness. An inky black foreboding abyss that concealed danger, mystery, and fear. Into that darkness brave men would not venture. For as the map says, here there be monsters. podcast. I'm your captain, Derek Hayes. Given that the show is fresh off its first episode, I'm still a little short on listener-submitted calls, so tonight I'm going to do something a little different. With a little luck, I'll be back to my normal format next week, but for tonight, I want to touch on a few mysterious calls made to emergency service telephone lines, calls that report something strange in the woods. Ever since the 911 emergency telephone service was created in the 1960s, bizarre calls have come through. Some calls are simply pranks, others mere misidentifications, but still others report odd lights in the sky or otherworldly beings that are simply too weird to ignore. Tonight, I'm focusing on those 911 calls. More specifically, calls reporting an upright, hairy beast some would claim is Sasquatch. Our first call of the evening comes to us from the San Antonio, Texas area. The call was reportedly made on November 30th of 2009. I will now play the call in its entirety. San Antonio, 911, do you need police, fire, or EMS? I'm not real sure, ma'am. Um, I just watched the biggest critter, but it... It smelled real bad. I'm a homeless female. I live right in the middle of the woods, around 151, which is north of Claiborne, 1604, where the light is. This big thing was 75 feet away from me, smells awful, devoured a whole deer carcass, and then took off and, like, screamed, screeched, and took off across the street. And I know you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but I'm... Dead serious. There was something very big, bigger, a lot bigger than me, <laughs> out here. So it's probably somebody should know. I really okay. don't know what you can do about it. Uh, how long ago did this happen? This is uh, I want like immediately. Like I just yeah. I don't know. It's animal control. I mean it's okay. Huge. Again, now tell me where was it? This is at 151 and Calibra. Okay, yeah, like, you know, the light at 151, just up from Calabria on 16, like on 1604, where 1604 split, and you can get off on the access road to Calabria, 
or you can take 151. Right. That light right there is, yes, right in there. It is a very large, hairy animal of some kind. <laughs> now, was it standing on two or four? Or? Well, I told you it was standing on two legs. You're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm serious. It ran off at breaking limbs and trees. And it kind of screech howled and a very creepy, scary thing because, like I said, I, I live in a tent um, here in the woods. So you I've never... You live in a tent? Yes, ma'am. I'm a homeless female. I live in a tent in the woods, and I just saw this freaky, scary, very large creature devour a deer and run off across the road. So... Uh, okay. I don't know. Is there any way that we can have an officer contact you? Uh, yeah, I guess it's this number. Um, but I'd really prefer like animal control or somebody bigger than me. But I appreciate it. I just thought somebody should know that there's a very large animal in the vicinity. Now, the deer was walking around and... No, the deer was dead. <laughs> and it got devoured. It was a carcass. Okay, and do you see signs of, of, of a dead deer, blood, whatever? Um, actually, ma'am, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go check it out right at the moment. Is okay. that okay? That's fine. <laughs> I'm waiting for daylight. I got, I don't own anything but a machete and a hatchet, so I'm kind of creeped out. I just thought, like I said, I thought somebody should know there's a very large something big enough to eat a deer and as a Are predator. Are you with someone there? Uh, yes, ma'am. Did they see it too? Yes, ma'am. How, how about if I have an officer contact you guys out there? Um, I'm not going to leave my camp right at the moment. I mean, I if they want to come look at the light, she wants an officer to meet us. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're not leaving where we're at, is what we're trying to say. Oh, I'm a little bit scared, and it's raining, and um, I just want somebody to maybe check it out in the okay. morning when it's not dark. Well, animal control, dude. What I, I can, can do right now is I can have an officer patrol that area. Which direction did it run? It, was, it, was it ran there. across um, the, oh, the light. At 151, like towards the water tower on two feet, like my husband said. Something very weird. I just wanted to make a documentation and have animal control. Had you ever seen or heard anything like this before? No, ma'am. No, I've lived in the woods for a while. I've lived in the woods for six years. I'm going to tell you right now, I've lived in the woods for six years. I swear to God, I've never seen nothing like this. Tell you what I think it is. Cause, yeah. What does he think it is? 
Well, I tell you what, I don't know. I would be a liar if I said I thought I knew what it was, but I don't know. But I know it picked up that deer and walked for two um, feet. Yeah. It's a very large something that smells bad and is bigger than we are. So. Okay. So you saw it walk in which direction? Running or walk in which direction? Uh, towards the light at 151 and 1604. It went towards the water tower. It went towards the water tower area. Yeah. And it screeched, howled, uh, yelled. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. it, it went, yeah, it, when it, it worked. I mean, my, my husband's a very large, nothing's ever scared him, ever. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we, saw it too. we both saw it. So it's good. It's no, no, no type of clothing or no, no. It was for okay. Or as, as far as I can tell, I mean, it's a pretty light night out because um, of the overcast, uh-huh. and uh, we doubt our fire. And I have a like a, a blanket thing hung up as it a drama. And it, I, it saw it over the top of that. And when it ran, it cracked branches. Trees. Yes. Birds. Like, I, like the size of a grizzly bear. Imagine that. But on steroids with two mm-hmm. feet. So, you yeah. have two feet, mama. I, I know. I just know what. Okay. And did you, oh, and what is your name? Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah, it's raining now and we can't hear nothing outside. So it's kind of scary. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll have an officer patrol that area and see what we can find. I, I, mean, I know. I mean, you guys might be able to find something. Animal control might be able to find tracks or something in the morning. It's hard to find tracks on the area. She said she's going to send a patrol around the area. So. And yes, she can call. Okay, send you the light and control. Send you the light. Get to the light. And sound the siren. And sound your siren. He'll come out of the woods. <coughs> and talk to you. I'm scared to death, Pete. Okay. You, you guys have your tent set up at 151 in Calabria? Um, I mean, not exactly, but yeah, I mean, it's go in the, the area. Just go to the light and sound the siren and we would hear you where we're at. I'll come, I'll come to you. At 151 and 1604, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. My initial thoughts on this call is that it's genuine. The caller sounds It's safe to rule out any delusion since her husband can be heard in the background agreeing vehemently. I found an article submitted by a gentleman named Mike to the Texas Cryptid Hunter website in which Mike contacted the caller via cold call. In the article, the writer explains that while it was dark, she had, in her words, a pretty good fire going. This fire lit up the area enough for her to get a good look at the animal. She added that there had not been a deer carcass in that area earlier that evening. She went on to describe that the animal was dark and hair-covered. She estimated the creature's height to be between 7 and 8 feet tall. She estimated this based on how much taller the animal was than the 5 foot high clothesline she witnessed the creature standing next to. 
It walked away very quickly on two legs. At no point was it ever on four. The deer carcass was picked up easily, the witness said. It picked up that deer like it was nothing and tucked it under its arm like it was a football. She added, it didn't even slow down or anything. And just like in the 911 recording, the husband corroborated everything she said. Regarding the deer carcass, reports of a Sasquatch-like creature carrying deer, hogs, and dogs has been reported in the past, so that part of her story, despite sounding strange, has historical merit. What is interesting about that particular part of the story is that the deer wasn't there to begin with in the evening. Later in Mike's interview with the witness, she described what she referred to as government trucks, dropping dead animals off into the woods near their encampment. This is where her remarks seem to get a little tinfoil hatty. She went on to say that since the sighting, that government vehicles have been driving all around the area since she called 911, and that sometimes they park for hours near their camp. She's also heard very high-frequency sounds coming from the vehicles during these extended stays. She feels that the sound is intended to flush the creatures out of hiding. She also feels that there is a whole family of these creatures living in that area, and that they're trying to communicate with her by thinking, or in other words, telepathically. And that's basically where the interview ends. I'm not sure what she and her husband saw that night, but the initial call seems legit. No particular red flags are raised for me during that entire eight-minute exchange. Now, taking Mike's report into account, I'd say things get a little too weird for my taste. Perhaps her sighting sparked her imagination and she felt the need to elaborate. Or perhaps the entire thing had been fabricated from the beginning. I will say that clearly something shook them enough to call authorities. Knowing that if police or animal control, for that matter, actually showed up, they would discover them living in this area, which uh, I imagine would be trespassing. Uh, seems like a really big risk for a simple phone prank. Our next call is a bit on the lighthearted side. This call was made by a gentleman named Tim Peeler out of Cleveland County, North Carolina. And let's give it a listen. Cleveland County 911. Yeah. I got. Uh, I don't know if I should have called this in or not, but. What's going on? Well, I've got five dogs changing barrels in my backyard. Okay. And they, which I've heard before, this thing screams. He come down within camera room. If I'd have a camera, I'd take a picture of him. Take a picture of who? I don't know what I don't know what it was. He's walking upright like a man. And I would not kill it because I was afraid to. But he went back up the mountain. Okay, and you're at 109 Venata Drive? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'll get officer right out there and see if they can locate anything, okay? Well, I just wanted to report it. 
Uh, it don't matter if you send anybody up here or not. It's, it's over with now. I did not shoot okay. the thing. I did not shoot it. Okay. You, you can't blame it on me. I did not shoot you. Okay. What I'll do is I'll just get an officer out right through there and make sure everything's okay, all right? Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cleveland County 911. Hello. Can I help you? Yes. This is Tim Peebler. Uh-huh. Uh, you probably have my address. Yes, sir. What's going on now? This beast is paying my dogs. I've got five dogs. Bear dogs and hog dogs. And I shined a light on this thing, but I would not shoot it. Okay, what did it look like? It looked like a giant ape with a man's face. But I was afraid to kill it. And it made a whistling sound. But I just wanted y'all to know I I have not shot one or killed one. Okay, was there more than one or just the one? Just the one. Okay. He was about nine, ten foot tall with real long arms. I've I've had I've had experiences with them before in the deer stand, but this one somehow I go out there and gets gone. Now come back in the house and gets back there again, and my dogs are just raising hay. So I go back out there with my gun and my spotlight, and he goes back into the woods. Then I bring my gun or spotlight in. In about 10 more minutes, he does the same thing again. So he came through more than once? No, it's one. One big one. Would, would I get in any trouble if I shot and killed this beast, this animal, or whatever it is? Would I get in any trouble? I, I can't answer that question. Yeah, well, that's the way I am. 
I mean, right now, everything's calm. Okay. But I was just trying to keep y'all informed to extract some information. Okay. I'm a bear hunter and a hog hunter. I got bear dogs, hog dogs. This thing, some reason, tonight is coming down messing with my dogs trying to get towards my back porch. But if he comes too close, I'm going to give him all the chance I'm giving. If he goes too close to me, I'm going to kill him. Okay, I, I can't answer if you can I, do that or not. I don't mind him. I don't mind him on the mountain. I know what's on the mountain. I don't mind him on the mountain, but... But he's, um, he's coming down here messing with me. And my dogs. But he can kill one of my dogs because all I have is spice and a mountain sir. But I'll not hold up the channel too long. But I'm loaded before him. And I, I don't really, truly want to kill this creature because they don't usually mean any harm. They, they never use any harm. But I thought I'd call you and tell you, in case I have to, make that shot. Okay. I'll call and ask you back what to do. All right. All right. Well, I'll let you okay. know. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. So, back in the 1970s, a creature known as Nobby terrorized the Cleveland County area. Nobby was said to have been a large, upright, hairy beast, and somewhere in the ballpark of seven to eight foot tall. The Nobby hysteria died down after a few months, until Peeler reported his sighting in his own backyard. So I know what you're thinking. This guy is wasted. And to that, I'd say, I agree. Sounds about right to me. This is quite a yarn Tim spins about his creature attacking his hounds, but I gotta be honest, he sounds intoxicated and I can't help but feel he's making up a majority of the stories he goes along. But, playing the devil's advocate here, perhaps Tim simply speaks slowly. Uh, some people do. Perhaps this is his normal speaking voice. So, with this in mind, I scoured the internet for some other audio samples where Tim gives his story. The following segment is from a YouTube video posted by user Tyler Stanley, in which Mr. Peeler recounts his story. Check this out. 3 a.m. in the morning, sitting in there watching the Gospel Channel. And I heard the coyotes fighting something down here. 
So I went back in the house and got my collars. I've got predator collars. Right. I thought I could call one up in the yard. When I did that, you see that opening right there? He come and stood right there. I, I had two female dogs in heat back here. Mm -hmm. So right here's what I've done. When he went to my dog, I come down on the steps like this right here. Okay. And he was standing right there. So I go up here with this stick. I walked over this way. I had spotlight. I had this light here on, you see. Uh -huh. I had it lit up back here. He was standing right there. And I said, get away from here. Get! Get away! Because I thought he was going to kill my little dog. Yeah. Come all the way to his groin. But I could see that he was a male. And he looked like he had six fingers on each hand. Well, when I approached him here. Like, he, had, he had looked at me like he had six fingers on each hand. A thumb and five fingers. Now, perhaps I'm off here, but in the second video, which shows Tim walking through his yard in what appears to be the middle of the day, uh, sounds much more coherent and collected than he does in his 911 calls. In addition, his retelling of the story seems to have a lot more facts than does his 911 call. Feel free to make your own judgment on this, but it's not hard for me to imagine a little North Carolina moonshine influencing his tale, if you know what I'm saying. Our next story is a lesson in misidentification. It seems that back in May of 2013, Mr. John Winesittle of Altoona, Pennsylvania called 911 to report he had a Bigfoot intruding on his property. The following is a police radio change between responding officers. Yeah, Mr. Winesickle, 97 Street Street. Negative. See, he called 911, advising he contacted the game commission. They haven't called back. He wants a police officer to come to his residence. So he apparently has some proof there of Bigfoot. Bigfoot, right? That's affirmative. He has evidence uh, proving Bigfoot. He would like a police officer to come there. Now, once police arrived, Mr. Winesickle took them to an area with several large footprints in the soft earth. Authorities were quickly able to determine that the tracks he'd found were actually those of Black Bear. But the story doesn't end there. Apparently, a civilian Bigfoot enthusiast had been listening to that exchange over a police scanner and misconstrued the information. The listener quickly reported that Mr. Winesickle had actually shot and killed a Bigfoot-type creature and requested that police come out to investigate. From there, the story exploded and was picked up on every cryptozoology news outlet on the internet. All this because of a bear print. Crazy what the human mind will conjure up when you don't have all the details at hand. Our next call comes from Bedford County, Virginia, and was called in on September 9th, 2015. I could not find the call on its own, only through a local news station's video, so I'm going to play the video in its entirety uh, for context. Here is that call. 
He's a legend, most say a myth, and people hunt for him on reality TV. But a Bedford County woman now has, says her story is no joke. She called the sheriff's office about Bigfoot. Yes, you heard that right. And Angela Hatcher is here to tell us more about this one. Well, Dana, I did talk with a woman on the phone today. I couldn't convince her to do an interview. She said she just moved to the area and she doesn't want to get a certain reputation with right. her neighbors. But that. she does want to warn them. She told the dispatcher she's now thinking about moving back. I know this is going to sound crazy. Dispatchers could tell you callers never just stop right there. And the stories sometimes seem unbelievable. Let's listen to the rest. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I went back and checked, and there were prints a Bigfoot with a baby. There were what? It was a Bigfoot with a baby. After assuring the dispatcher she hadn't been drinking, the woman offers no explanation why she waited two days to call. She said she was driving up Route 43 toward the Peaks of Otter last Wednesday. It was 20 minutes till midnight when she says her headlights hit something strange past Turkey Mountain Road just before you come to the first bridge. She says she went back in daylight. And I did see some footprints. And the stride was longer than anything I could make. The woman says the creature's footprint was bigger than her two feet together end to end, and she wears a size 8. She says it was holding her baby the way a human would, but says that baby had a face only a mother could love. And the baby was looking right at me. And she says it looked just like Chewbacca from Star Wars. Could something that appears like it's from out of this world actually exist right here at home? Have you ever gotten other reports like this? I've never had a call like this in my life. All right. He's been a dispatcher for 10 years, and Danner, a deputy, did drive out there to 43, check things out, didn't see a thing. But again, she did call two days after she claims that she saw those creatures. And she tells me that she knows that they weren't bears. I grew up in that area, and that's pretty common. Right, but she yeah. says they weren't bears. And we do have a call into a state biologist to see if he can explain what she may have seen. So I did a little digging on this case, and it seems that uh, the witness saw the creature, then the next day returned to the spot to look for footprints and, and further evidence, then waited yet another day to call 911. Uh, perhaps she saw something that night. Her timeline seems a little bit weird, but I suppose I'd be acting weirdly too if I saw a Sasquatch on my way home from work. And I saved the best call for last this evening. I'll be honest, I don't have much information on this call but I'm not sure I need it. I think it pretty much speaks for itself. 911, what are you reporting? Uh, we got someone or something crawling around out here. Did you see what it was? Was it a person or an animal? or? I can't tell. All I know is that my sensor light came on and I just happened to glimpse and see this thing running across the yard. Uh, a good-sized man or something looks like a man. I don't know what it was, just that it ran across the yard. Okay. You've had problems in the neighborhood before? Yeah, my dog was killed here just recently. I don't know what it was. Whatever it is, it's running. I couldn't catch it if I was going to chase it. But whatever it was, it was standing up. I'm out here looking through the window now and I don't see anything. I don't want to go outside. Jesus Christ, you better... Sir? Hello? Get somebody out here. What's going on now, sir? That son of a bitch is about six foot nine, I don't know. Do you see him now, sir? Yes, I'm looking right at him. Uh-oh. Okay, hang on. He's right... Is he in your yard, sir? Yeah, God, he's big. Okay, what's he doing in your yard? He's looking at me. Oh, and the guy is on foot. Just... I don't know what... It, it, it's, it's a big 
real big person. That's all I can say. Okay, but it is a it is a person. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it was a person or somebody really big. But he's all in black. He's, is he a black male or a white male? Did you actually see whether, or was he just wearing black? He's all black and he's big. He is big. I love this call. It sounds so genuine. The guy calling in sounds scared. I work in the film industry, and I know what acting sounds like, and this is not acting. This guy witnessed something that spooked him. I find it very interesting that he never utters the word Bigfoot or Sasquatch. What little background I could dig up on this call claimed that it was recorded in 1990 in the Kitsap Peninsula in Washington State. Apparently, the sheriff did show up, but the intruder had fled and no evidence was found. So it really makes you wonder, what was the man looking at? What are the chances that an NBA-sized man was prowling around this guy's yard, peeking into his windows, chasing his dog? Was it a burglar on stilts? That takes some serious balls to dress up as something huge and look into a window of a country home. Not something I'd be doing, I can promise you that. So that about does it for the evening. I'd like to thank you all for listening. And remember, if you've had a sighting or witnessed something unusual, I want to hear your story. Give me a call at 888-608-NIGHT. That's 888-608-6444. Or shoot me an email at hearetherebemonsterspodcast at gmail.com. Remember, you do not have to leave your name. I'll only disclose the information left on the actual recording. You can get tonight's show notes by visiting the website at www.hearetherebemonsterspodcast.com. You can see some cool posts and participate in discussions on the Here There Be Monsters podcast Facebook page. And follow the show on Instagram at Here There Be Monsters Podcast. Finally, if you want to stay up to date on all things cryptid, might I suggest heading over to www.cryptopia.us. The guys over there have quite a news blog going on. Anything you need to find, I guarantee it's there. Alright folks, that's it. Give me a call, have a great night, and thank you again for listening. See you next week. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. 
Listen to Counterclock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.